Quite early, we realized we were building a platform, and since we're building a tool for developers, it needs to be prominent in different parts of the developer workflow or lifecycle. So pretty early in our journey, we had a web application, a GitHub application to make sure documentation stays up to date. It's for both VS Code and IntelliJ products, give developers the documentation they need exactly when and where they need it. Early, we had to support multiple products at the same time and keep deciding which one we should invest more time into. My name is Omer Rosenbaum. I'm the CTO and one of the co-founders at Swim. This is Code Story, the podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Laphart. Today, how Omar Rosenbaum created the platform to give your engineers usable, discoverable, and auto-syncing docs. All this and more on Code Story. Omar Rosenbaum lives in Tel Aviv with his wife and three-month-old son. He loves to teach, and he shares his knowledge on his YouTube channel. He also loves coffee, traveling, meeting new people, and learning languages, not just coding languages. In high school, he took an after-school Pascal class, and he loved it. And around that time, he installed a virus on his computer and established a new hobby for him, virus removal. As military service is obligatory, he spent several years in the Israeli military and learned a ton. Despite the skill level of engineers these days, Omer found that the onboarding processes of many companies were too costly. After discussing this issue with many end users, they confirmed that the world of knowledge sharing was broken, and they wanted to fix it. This is the creation story of SWIM. Back at the Israel Tech Challenge, our graduates were highly skilled and qualified, and still companies had a tough time onboarding more than one developer per year because the onboarding process was too expensive. And we talked with dozens of engineers and engineering managers and concluded that across the board, the world of sharing knowledge about source code is fundamentally broken. And we wanted to fix that. So at Swim, we're helping software developers with knowledge sharing through a concept we are pioneering called continuous documentation. With Swim, developers can create code couple documents. These are documents that consist of text, but also references to the code, like code snippets or tokens from the code. And those documents then auto-sync with the code base. So on every pull request, we track the changes made to the code and make sure the documentation is up to date and we can then automatically update it when it changes. So using this method, documentation is easy to create. It's discoverable from the IDE right when you need it, and it automatically remains up to date as part of the CI-CD process. Tell me about the MVP, so that first product you built. How long did it take you to build, and what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? Two of the four co-founders are technical, me and Gilad, and we started coding the first versions actually from coffee shops around Tel Aviv. And technologically speaking, we used Vue.js, Firebase Firestore, and Python. 
Very early, we shifted to using a CLI as a major component that allowed us to create more iterations very, very fast. We also relied heavily on cloud functions. That's the GCP version of Lambda functions, just to be able to get started as fast as we could. And I think for the very first version, it took us about a month to create something that we had first users actually using. What what made you choose Vue over, say, React or perhaps Angular? So actually, uh, my partner, Gilad, had lots of experience from his previous company where he created a website builder. So he got to use both React and Vue.js, and he was like, okay, I just started with Vue and I want to learn more of it, so let's start with Vue. And I was like, okay, sure, why not? Let's try. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so then the cloud functions make sense. What made you choose Google or GCP over Lambda? Back then, we just wanted to get started with something, and we read about Firebase Firestore, actually, um, as a way to have NoSQL database that made a lot of sense for us because we didn't want to create schemas that are very fixed, and we wanted to be very flexible in the beginning. So we went with Firestore, and since Google acquired Firebase, it just made sense to keep with GCP. So back to the product. So I'm asking kind of technical decisions, but with the product, what sort of decisions and trade-offs did you have to make in that early MVP? Say, say around you know, feature cut or technical debt or anything like that. And how did you cope with those decisions? The most interesting part uh, was as a young startup with no reputation, we had a lot of trouble getting access to the code base of the company we worked with. So our first solution was an on-prem local installation for each individual developer. This allowed us to start working quickly with organizations uh, without the hassle of long security processes, legal processes, and so on. But obviously it slowed us down in many other aspects. For example, we had to ask people to actually upgrade the version of their locally installed software. It was like dealing with problems that have been solved by SaaS for a long time now. But we were able to iterate fast with many companies thanks to the, the decisions, even as we were in a very early state. I think soon enough its disadvantages started to outweigh the advantages, so we decided to make a bold shift. So from an on-prem solution to a web-based application, and we also became SOC 2 and ISO compliant, so more organizations could trust us with access to their code base, so that could work well. Okay, so then from that point, from the MVP point, how did you progress the product and mature it? And I think to wrap that in a box, how did you build your roadmap and decide, okay, this is the next most important thing to build? As the product progressed, quite early we realized we were building a platform, and since we're building a tool for developers, it needs to be prominent in different parts of the developer workflow or lifecycle. So pretty early in our journey, we had a web application, a GitHub application to make sure documentation stays up to date, IDE plugins for both VS Code and IntelliJ products, which give developers the documentation they need exactly when and where they need it. Relatively early, we had to support multiple products at the same time and keep deciding which one we should invest more time into, which was very challenging. So regarding the roadmap, it actually changed 
with the maturity of the company. So now we have four squads, and each, each squad consists of an engineering manager, a product manager, a YOX designer, and a few engineers. And each squad is actually responsible for its own roadmap. So each squad has its own KPIs related to a business objective. Uh, for instance, one of the squads is responsible for getting a team that is using SWIM to create its first X number of documents. That number changes a bit, uh, as we learned throughout our journey. And then the squad presents their plan as how to make an impact as regards to their KPIs. So they decide as a squad internally, the product manager, the engineering manager, the engineers, the UA, UX designer, everyone together. And then we discuss it together to see that it makes sense in the broader picture. In the very early days, we tried to iterate with a few clients as fast as we could and prioritized by what we got from working with them. So then let's switch to team. So how did you go about building your team and what did you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you? So when I interview people for SWIM, I always ask one question that I really believe in and ask, what is your dream? And I look for people who are passionate and really, really care about what we do here at SWIM. And as we said in the beginning, you mentioned having other people from Tel Aviv on your show. So the tech scene in Israel is tight-knit, I would say. So we were lucky to rely on our networks to find amazing people to join our team in the beginning of our journey. I wondered if the, uh, the Tel Aviv tech scene was going to, going to come up there because it has come up before. Let's flip to scalability then. So did you build this to scale efficiently from day one, or have you been fighting this as you grow and gain traction? Well, in retrospect, luckily enough, we didn't build to scale, but built a very minimal product to begin with, since we ended up completely changing it. So I think in the beginning, while you're still figuring out what your product is, it doesn't really make sense to plan too much ahead. And I'm very glad that we started by not tightening everything too much. So it was relatively simple to untangle and modify things as we learned more about what we wanted to achieve. Um, it's hard to know what you don't know in the very beginning. And so you're always kind of fighting a little bit. Sometimes you can abstract things in a, in an, in a smart way, but you don't always know if that's for sure. Well, Omer, as, as you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? Oh, that's a fun question to answer. <laughs> so far, we talked about everything we didn't know, we couldn't tell in the beginning. Well, let's say two things. Uh, first, the culture we've created here, which I'd say facilitates ownership and relies on the fact that we are developers, creating a platform for developers. And because of this, our engineers really have an impact on the product they build, which I think is incredible and it's very fun to work in a company like that. And second, from a technological perspective, we overcame lots of challenges while developing SWIM. The most interesting one, or one of the most interesting ones, was finding a way to automatically update documentation. And we needed it to work in a way that made sense for developers, while also supporting all programming languages. So to create an algorithm that works across all languages, we had to understand a lot of Git internals and look at a lot of data, finding the right algorithm and then implementing it in a way that would be efficient, but also make sense for the user. 
So that was definitely a big and interesting challenge to solve. And it ended up as SWIM's first registered patent. Super cool. Congratulations on that, then. Thank you. Well, let's get back to the hard stuff, then. So let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. Well, I guess many beginnings are full of mistakes. Luckily for a startup, beginnings are in a sandbox setting, and they're like an opportunity for small but glorious failures and quick pivots. Um, I guess when we started Swim, I personally thought that the documents or right in the beginning actually exercises we created or that users created using our platform would remain up to date for a while. And I was very surprised to find out that those exercises or documents became outdated extremely fast. Even it didn't matter if it was in startups or enterprise companies, everything became outdated so fast. So this actually led us to research how to keep code coupled knowledge up to date, which is one of the cornerstones of our product now. But I don't think we would have started working on that direction had I known how quickly things would get outdated. Well, Omer, what, what does the future look like for Swim, the product, and for your team? We want to expand and become the de facto tool for code documentation for any software project. It will probably take a while, and we're focusing on different parts of documentation, which is a very broad world. So we started by focusing on internal documentation, and as we evolve, we want to focus also on client-facing documentation and other areas as well. well. Let's switch to you, Omer. Who influences the way that you work? Name a person you look up to and why. I have to admit I'm extremely lucky to work with people I can learn from on a regular basis. Um, my co-founders, as well as the employees at Swim, keep teaching me new things all the time. If I need to choose a specific well-known person, it would probably be Elon Musk, specifically as he strives to make big impact that would actually make the world a better place. Well, if you could go back to the beginning, what would you do different? Or where would you consider taking a different approach? It didn't have to be a mistake. You know, It could just be something like, yeah, if we tweaked that a little bit or did something different, this might have gone differently. I think I would hire more developers early on. I think we were very cautious in the beginning, trying not to grow too soon. Uh, but having a solid engineering team actually allows you to iterate faster on the product, which is the most important thing when you just start off. Well, Omer, last question. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world. Can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? Building a product is a long and winding road, as the Beatles put it. It takes time and many iterations, and you need people who you will enjoy taking this journey with. The product changes and the market changes, like we see now. Uh, but if you start with the right people, they will get you through all the ups and downs. Or in our terminology at SWIM, they'll help you swim through uncharted waters. That's great advice. Well, Omer, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for telling the creation story of Swim. Thank you so much. And this concludes another chapter of Coat Story. 
Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. Support the show on patreon.com slash code story for just five to ten bucks a month. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.